Hello, and welcome to episode five of Roundabout Now, the podcast that covers life, news, and people in Youngsville, Louisiana. We're your hosts, Logan Lanou and Lucas Bernard, just two guys who live in the city of Youngsville trying to get a grasp on what's happening in our community. On this month's episode, I'm happy to welcome a longtime friend of both Lucas and I, Dr. Chris Feldman, owner of Feldman Orthodontics. Chris, welcome. What's up? Happy to be here. Um, we're actually recording this in my house. so While watching Thursday Night Football, so if we get excited, we're sorry. Right. You might get a little commentary. Wanted or unwanted, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I might curse because my fantasy teams are not so hot this year. Or any. <laughs> but... So, Chris, besides obviously being a football fan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, um, I'm from New Iberia, born and raised. You know, went to school with you guys for some time. And um, I went to UL Lafayette for uh, undergrad, went to LSU Dental School. Then I went to Jacksonville University uh, School of Orthodontics and followed my childhood dream of moving back to my hometown and opening up an orthodontic office. I have a wife uh, named Krista and two kids, Ali and Emma. Ali's five, Emma's three, and I, I love life, and I, I don't really stop moving too often. So um, that That is a true statement. I think anybody that follows you online will definitely concur, right? Life's too short. Can't right. take it for granted. So tell us, obviously, you gave us a little bit of your education background, but tell us why orthodontics, man? Well, honestly, when, when I was 12 or 13, when I had braces, I... Uh, I remember those days. Yeah, you know, I, and I had, not only did I have braces, but I had a big appliance called a Herbst in my mouth um, that wasn't too fun, but I, I thought it was very interesting, and I was kind of excelling in science at that time. My dad, uh, who was an anesthetist, you know, um, kind of, I always wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps of directly helping people but wasn't really sure about the whole medical thing. And um, so when I, when I went through orthodontics myself, uh, I thought it was really, really cool. And I, I thought it seemed like my orthodontist was having fun and had a good lifestyle. And, you know, at that age, I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to do and just everything kind of checked all the boxes. You know, it's, a, it's, you can be your own manager, you make a good living, you're in a good, happy environment. And it's something that I was very interested in. So um, kind of made it my goal to become an orthodontist and never really let go of that goal. And, you know, here I am. <laughs> so just just out of curiosity, because I don't remember, but who was your childhood orthodontist? It was Dr. Shaston, the late Dr. Shaston. Um, okay. Yeah, he was an interesting guy and very, very smart uh, orthodontist and very creative. And it's, it's funny because now I – use that same appliance, the Herbst. I use that routinely to help people with big time overbites. And how but, great um, is it that you can say, like, I've been through this, you know, I know what it's like. Oh yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, I get to warn them, you know, this isn't going to be fun, but it's, it's, sure. it's something that can almost replace jaw surgery for some. So it's better than jaw surgery. I would imagine. Gotcha. So after you, you know, finished your orthodontics training and stuff like that, you come back home. How does one, like, how did you go about starting a business? Because I know, like, being married to a physician, you know, even though they have just as extensive training, they have no business training whatsoever. Oh, yeah. We had no business training in school. Um, but I kind of knew early on when I was a resident that I was going to open my own office from scratch. And so I took it upon myself to go to as many orthodontic conferences as I, I could 
And through that, not only did I learn more about my profession, but I got to meet other orthodontists who had started their own businesses and kind of just got help from them. And then thank God my mom, she's a CPA and financial advisor. And so she kind of helped me on that end of things. But um, as far as knowing what to do, you know, a lot of it was just preparation through through conferences, talking to, to colleagues, and uh, and crossing some fingers too. Gotcha. So, so I'm sure you've made plenty of mistakes along the way, right? Um, yeah, I think you know it's hard it's hard to tell because I, I you know I look at I like to say there's there's no such thing as obstacles; they're just stepping stones, right? So right. if something doesn't work out right, then we're gonna we're gonna learn from it and use that to our advantage. Well, so. and that was exactly my point: is that you know you talk about conferences and, and coworkers and and, and the colleagues and everything, and but really that it, that life experience is no better teacher, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. And, and look, knock on wood, I, I'm I'm so grateful. Like I do think that um, while while I I definitely had to work hard for for what I have, I, I was very blessed to have a family that was very supportive. Um, going back to New Iberia, where I was born and raised, there were so many people, um, some that I hadn't seen in years, decades even, that were right there when I opened my office. Oh, I got kids I'm going to bring to you. And, you, you know, the the town just kind of um, kind of took me in and, and really just supported me. And it made it Easier than I've seen it be for some or the other orthodontists. So we, we were lucky to get a pretty strong start. And uh, I think that kind of propelled us with with where we're going. And something else we'll talk about later, I'm sure, is that we, you know, I, I, I kind of lucked out and hired the right people from, from day one. And that is really such a huge part of our success to this day. Gotcha. So <clears throat> as someone who, who hasn't been an orthodontics patient, um, but I strongly predict my children will be, can you explain to me why, you know, this whole medical side of things, the dental side of things is so pricey compared to, you know, I guess with insurances and things like that, it, it can get a little difficult. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. I think that, you know, obviously it's, it's a, it's not cheap. Right. 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 Um, my thing is, I, I'd like to think that it's not super expensive so much as it's super valuable, right? Right. I mean, a lot of it, look, we're in a capitalistic society. A lot of it is supply and demand. Um, so, you know, obviously any business owner wants to do as well as they can. <clears throat> but my goal is to make sure that what we give in value um, greatly exceeds what we, what we charge in price. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of fees that, that we pay on the, on the, the business owner side of things that some people might not, might not realize, you know, like for instance, my orthodontic school that I went to uh, was $80,000 a year for tuition. So, yeah. you know, that, that adds up um, <laughs> when, you know, when, when I opened, when I opened um, my, my doors at first, uh, much in, Thanks to uh, Community First Bank, but uh, shout out. there's a shout out, Lucas. Uh, a plug. But uh, Mr. Benny, I hope you're listening. You know, just just to just to get the ball rolling on that, I think was about four hundred thousand dollars just to renovate an uh, a office and and open office in a in a location that I was renting. Just between the equipment and everything like that. And what year was so this? This was back in two thousand and. 14, I believe. Man, I'm getting old. Uh, so for, yeah, all you youngsters, I know we know what things cost nowadays. So yeah, yeah, it's probably even, it probably would be even more expensive, but there's a lot of expenses on, on, on our end. Like that little tube of glue you see, I mean, 
might be fifty to eighty dollars. You know, so so it's there is some considerable overhead there. You have to pay team members. You have to pay insurance, property. You know, there's a lot of fees there. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that that orthodontics as a profession isn't isn't a lucrative one. It it certainly is. But um, it, like I said, it's the it's a supply and demand thing and. I don't think that just anybody could go and do it necessarily, um, and do it well, and do it and do it well. It, it is a very competitive, uh, it's a competitive field to to get into. So, um, you know, not not trying to toot my own horn or anything like that. I, I'm I'm certainly learning every day, but uh, but yeah, I, like I said, at the end of the day, I I sincerely hope that not only myself but other orthodontists, what we are 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 giving is uh is worth more than what we're charging and i and i do believe that so then that leads into a, something else you had mentioned just a little second ago was um you saying it's not so much as expensive but like that you're you know giving the, the patient value how like what's the main value you see your service gives well just orthodontics as a as a profession i mean the it's simple we give we give people confidence. We give people um, self-esteem. I look back at, you know, all the stuff that I've been through and, and you know, the journey that my life has has, has been. And uh, I don't think I would be in the same place as I am if I didn't have the confidence to smile. So to me, when you give somebody that, you empower them. Now, what they do with that, that's up to them. But, I, I you know, we live in a very tough, tough world Um these days and a lot of people are very self-conscious and you know, I wish everybody could just have the, the confidence to, to be who they are, to be themselves, to be the best version of themselves. And so that's what we do. And you know, as when we talk about the value part, orthodontists a few years back realized, you know, I think braces used to be a thing that was just for the rich kids. And you know, there was a huge down payment, $2,000. And then you have to make, monthly payments of three, $400. But now, you know, a lot of us are realizing like we want this to be something that like, yes, we want to, to be reimbursed well for our work and our education. But at the same time, we want it to be affordable. And, you know, my office, I, I, you know, I'm not just tooting our horn. Like I think there's plenty of offices around here that offer low down payments, $500 and even under sometimes. And, um, you know, low monthly payments, of under $200, sometimes even under $150 a month, which is affordable to more people. We, what we do in ortho is actually kind of unique. How many businesses do you know that, that, that would give something that we don't charge any interest? I don't know a single orthodontist around here that charges any interest on their payment plan. Blasphemy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Lucas. Sorry, Lucas. <laughs> Sorry, Lucas. But, uh, you know, like my office, you know, a lot of our cases take, 18 to 24 months of being in braces, but we'll finance that treatment out 24 or 30 months just to make it more affordable for the patient. And so, you know, I can proudly say we have a very diverse uh, population of patients in every aspect, age, gender, race, religion. You know, we want to be a place that anybody who wants to feel better about themselves, they can come in and we're going to, we're going to work as hard as we can to make it fit with their pay with their budget. You know, I was going to ask a question that I hear, uh, not a question that I hear, but, but a comments that you hear from people a lot of times when they bring their kids to see orthodontists where they say, Oh man, we went for a consult. And of course they're going to say they need braces from, from your perspective. And you know, obviously you're not going to bring your kid unless 
there's probably some visible uh, uh, issue. But um, from your perspective, how many patients do you see on average do you think you'd say, really, you're okay, you don't need anything, you, you know, don't worry about it? Well, I tell every single one of my patients that they don't need braces. I, I have never seen somebody die of crooked teeth or an imperfect bite. <laughs> uh, and I tell them that openly. Now, there is a scale, you know, I have seen people with some really – messed up bites that it makes it harder for them to eat and harder for them to chew. And that's on the extreme side of things. Um, most people, it's mainly cosmetic. A lot of people can get a benefit in the health of their bite in that, you know, somebody with a deep overbite, over time, we see that those teeth can break down. They don't always, but we see a lot of adults with deep overbites that have broken down teeth. So, you know, I tell every parent, I'm, I'm not trying to scare you into this. This is a lot cosmetic, but but yes, it can kind of reduce some tooth wear in the future. Um, so things like that. Sometimes if the teeth are, teeth are really crowded and the patient's having a hard time brushing um, and cleaning in between them, it, it can help with that. But most people, I tell them, don't make that the number one reason you get braces. The fact of the matter is most people, you know, I don't think we have to lie or trick people or, or scare them into getting braces. Um you know, I know my profession will be all right just just by making people's teeth look better. And and we do strive for the healthiest, most ideal bites possible. Because at the end of the day, you know, you, you think of think of the the mouth and the teeth like a chewing machine, right? Any machine will, will last a little longer and work a little bit better if all the parts are in the right places. Right. Like a tune-up. Simple as that. So, but most people, you know, most of the kids, they, they tell you, I want braces. I want... I want straight teeth. I don't want this overbite. I don't want this gap in between my teeth. So my we, child we don't wants really braces, have. and she doesn't even know what they do. And and <laughs> and honestly, there's a lot of people who come into my office and say, like, I say, what what don't you like about your teeth? And they say, I, I just want some braces. And I'm like, well, sorry, but you're in the wrong place. This isn't right. Although I'm glad that people like the way they look. Um, you know, it's not it's not mouth jewelry. It, it's for a purpose. So it's not a grill. It's not a grill. Although maybe we could get in the grill business. You need a side hustle going, man. Let me see your grill. So, as as a small business owner, you know, stepping away from the medical practice a little bit, and just you know, as as a leader and a boss and, and a business owner, what what was one of your biggest challenges early on that kind of you know made you step back and look at things a little bit closer and kind of scare you a little bit? I guess. Honestly, my you know perspective is everything, and I kind of. I was kind of fortunate in that my biggest challenge happened before I was ever an orthodontist. And um, it's a story I tell, you know, first of all, it's not an underdog story. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a cocky person, but in my eyes, I was never an underdog anywhere. Um, I'm just not, that's not how I think. Um, but, you know, growing up, elementary school, I made straight A's, you know, middle school made really, I think straight A's, um, you know, high school was number one in the class, valedictorian, tied with a few other people. And college, you know, everybody said, oh, college, you're going to have to buckle down. You know, it's going to be hard. And, you know, luckily did really well in college. And at that time, I was like, okay, I got this whole school thing, right? And can I, I just want to interject real quick. And you had a really good time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a very good time. Yes, I definitely think, you know, if, if you can't, if you can't you play president hard, of your fraternity too? 
Yeah, at one point. If you can't play hard, then then there's no point in working hard. They go hand in hand in my eyes. But uh, you know, so but when when dental school came around, I got punched in the mouth. I, I I thought that I knew everything, and I thought that I was gonna be number one. And you know, there were a lot of people there that were smarter than me and more talented than me. And um, you know, orthodontic schools don't want the middle of the class. They don't want they they want the top three to five. You know, one to five in your class. I was 15th out of 60, and it took a lot of work to get there, um, which I'm not ashamed of, but I applied to 35 orthodontic schools maybe, and I got two interviews back. And um, one of them was at LSU where where I was going to dental school, so I think it was more of a courtesy interview. And so the other one was Jacksonville, which is a great school. It's just a little more expensive. So um, I think that actually helped me have a better chance there. But uh, – just because I was willing to pay that money, and a lot of the number ones were going to schools that weren't as expensive. But um, that's where I went, Jacksonville, and I didn't look back. And, you know, from that day forward, I was like, okay, I, you know, I don't need it. I mean, I stressed so much in dental school about whether I would get in ortho school because I didn't want to be a dentist. You know, it's a great profession, but I, I wanted to be an orthodontist. And, um, you know, just that stress was – it took its toll on me. And it was a hard few years for me, but – the day I got in, I was like, you know what? The rest is gravy. Like, I'm just going to be, as long as myself and my family members and my loved ones are healthy, I'm not going to let anything step in my way or or ruin my time. And so I just kind of took that and ran with it. And, and like I said, I, I had a very lucky startup and very, um, I just was, got lucky with a few things and, and put a lot of thought into some other things. And it just worked out, worked out really well. So I wouldn't. There wasn't any big regrets or, or, or anything like that from, from that point on. So I think that, that chip on my shoulder kind of helped me excel in, in everything that I've done since then. I could always look back and say, man, I wish I had that in dental school. Maybe I would have got offered to get into other schools. But, I mean, when I look back, I, I had the time of my life. I went to a great orthodontic school. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I got to knock on wood sometimes. Very, I'm very fortunate. So, Chris, I did the math today, and we've known each other for about 25 years now. That's a quarter century. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Ooh. And from someone who's, who's seen you, you know, from a distance, obviously, because I went with my wife when she went to residency. You went to, you know, orthodontic school and stuff like that. From my point of view, it seems like you just do not stop. What, what is that fire? Is it, like, outward driven? Like, do you have an inspiration, or is it, like, just always been the clock inside of you just runs fast? I mean, I've always been high-strung, type A personality. I think that's just – I get that from my parents a little bit. But uh, I just – you know, life is – it's it's scary. Um, it's it's not – you know, nothing is promised. And I've – you know, I've seen a lot of, lot of people come and go and, you know, a lot of people lose loved ones too early. And, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So that's something that I just – I try not to take for granted. Like we have, you know, we have one life here on earth as far as I know. And and like that we have so much, anybody in this country, I believe has a lot to be grateful for. So I just think um, you got to make the most of it and, and, you know, see as much as you can see, do as much as you can do and, and get to know as many people as possible. So to me, that's what life's all about. Gotcha. And how does that affect you as, as a boss, as a leader? Um, like, does that help you? Like, does the gratefulness 
transfer to your to your team or well absolutely i mean i think at this point anybody who's who's come to my office uh or who knows me uh knows how how proud i am of our team and how well we get along and how well they get along and how great they are with patience um i've just you know my 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 parents i, I just think they did a good job you know um instilling in me to uh to be kind and to be grateful um so I, you know, the team members I work with, I, they are so awesome, and it's just a pleasure to work with them every day. They hustle so hard, and they're so good at what they do. So, uh, I, you know, I look at all the things I get to do and all the fun stuff I do and places I go and this and that, and I want the same for them. So, uh, you know, I think it, it, it does kind of I, – I keep my eyes open to that. Right, so – like currently in, in, in the current state of the economy and things like that, there's a ton of turnover everywhere. Do you see you having that problem? Or if you do, you can elaborate on that. If you don't, how, how do you retain your team? You know, We've been fortunate to have very little turnover, almost none. Uh, we have 13 team members. And uh, like I say, a lot of it's luck. Because honestly, when I first opened up, the, the two – uh, ladies that I hired, Amy and Mallory, they, I, I didn't know. Classmate of mine, Amy. Amy, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was doing really, but uh, they just got it. Like they, you know, they kind of took ownership of the business from the get go and we've kind of grown together and they really set a great example for the ones um, moving forward. And uh, that just, we just kind of, kind of went with that and, We've been fortunate to not have anybody leave after after the first trial period. We've had some like we hire, and the, you know, the first week or two, we realize it's not the right fit. But after ninety days, we hadn't had anybody anybody leave. Um, so it's we've been we've been blessed. And that kind of leads me into what I was going to ask next, which is before we started the podcast, we were talking about you just got back from speaking at a conference, and that's something that you've been doing a lot lately, and, and actually been getting asked to do even more. Um, and, and I think a lot of what you talk about is your team and the culture and all that. Do you have like a, a distilled version of, of you, this, the talks you give that you could kind of like give to our listeners? Oh man. I mean, I know it's probably a lot to, we have 35 on. minutes left. Chris. <laughs> well, I just, I just think, like I said, a lot of it has been luck on my part, but a lot of it has been, you know, I, I hear a lot of orthodontists, and business owners in general complain that they can't keep a good employee and they, you know, the, the employees don't care and this and that. And I just think that that's partially true sometimes, um, you know, if you hire the wrong people, but there are the right people out there. You know, you think of, you think of, if I ask you, name one fast food chain nationally known that you'd want to work at. Chick-fil-A. Boom. Everybody says it, right? <laughs> Name one uh, amusement park. Well, well I'm biased. I, I was, okay, obviously. I'm heavily biased. You know, uh, <laughs> Disney, right? You know, name a tech company that you'd want to work for. Oh, there's a few. Well, it's probably either Apple. Apple, Apple Google, Google. Right. Yeah. So, you know, those companies are huge companies, and they've, they've done a good job at letting people know, like, hey, we love our team, and we treat them right. So if they can do it, then we can do that on a smaller scale. Okay, right. business owner to business owner, how do you like? How do you attract that from like the like the, the hiring process and everything? Like, well, is it is it spotting it or is it? Well, first, first of all, you know, I think that a lot of people think that 
money drives everything and money is important, right? You have to pay fair wages and, and compensate well. And, um, hopefully you can, if you're a business owner, you can pay better than well. Uh, right. But even if you pay a lot, if you don't show your team that you appreciate them and, you know, trust them and, and let them, let them use their brains, um, uh, I, I think that's kind of setting you up to have a lot of, a lot of turnover. So like, you know, we try to, to, to train our team members for exactly what, you know, what we want, what we want them to know. But at the same time, we want them to be able to be themselves. And, you know, a lot of times somebody will come up, a, a, a team member will come up and be like, Hey, Dr. Feldman, um, I think we should do this. What, you know, what do you think? And, I already know before they ask me, I'm probably going to say yes, because they know me, they know who I am now and they, they're going to ask reasonable questions and I'm going to trust them, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times, a lot of times I'm always asking, you know, I'll sit down with a patient and like, Dr. Feldman, what do you think we should do today? And I'm like, what do you think we should do today? And they know, they know the wires we need to go to. They know the rubber bands we need to go to because they've seen it over and over. And, you know, I think a lot of bosses don't don't um, publicly thank their team members. You know, when a team member makes a good decision, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, Tally, thanks. That you know, yeah, that was awesome. You got it. You're awesome at this thing. I don't even know why I come here anymore. You know everything. <laughs> I, you know, so like, you know that that means a lot to them. You know, they're hu- they're. I just think a lot of times we get so caught up in being a boss that we forget that these are human beings that want the same things we want sure and if we if we just trust guide them correctly and compensate them fairly and trust them and appreciate them what else that's what we all want as human beings yeah so and that's kind of the the gist of my my um lectures i I get to show some fun things the the abridged version yeah (laughs) the cliff notes yeah i mean i I do think i mean a lot of it's just showing what we do in office like having cool dress-up days um you know team lunches i'm sad the mullet's gone man well i'm one of like the five people who said the mullet's gone i'm one of the five people that said the mullet's gone too but krista's not so absolutely so let me ask you do you think like the way you run your business is like your personality and then the success comes or are you motivated by success? Like, do you want to just keep, you know, getting bigger and better? Um, I think in different times in my career, different things motivate me. Yeah. When I first opened, I was certainly motivated to make some money because I was yeah, in a yeah, ton yeah. of debt and, yeah. and you know, you open that office and you're just waiting on the phone to ring and, um, you know, that's scary. <laughs> Uh, so at first it was like, yeah, let's get some more patience. And, you know, over time we, we've, we've gotten some momentum and, and thanks to a lot of awesome dentists in the area that trust us with their patients for, for referring, you know, I, I want to earn that trust by doing great work, but that's a whole nother tangent I could go on. Um, but you know, I think that, that it just, it all changes. So now Right now, I certainly don't want to take business for granted. Um, I, I'm happy with how busy we are. I don't. I'm not driven by money. I'm, I'm right now. Honestly, I'm driven by being the greatest that I can be, and and our team being the greatest that they can be, while having, while enjoying what we do. So, um, 
you know, I just, I just want to continue to, to improve at my craft and, and make it not only easier for me and our team, but easier for our patients. Right. So, right. Uh, and that's something, like I said, I could get into the, the details of orthodontics, but it would take a while. But, um, efficiency is a word we use in orthodontics a lot and it's we're trying to do better work and smarter work right? yeah absolutely i th- think that's most any medical profession or any bu- you know business in general yeah. you know maximizing Con- it continuing on the business tangent um what advice would you give you know what be it a new business owner uh, an existing somebody who's just trying to kind of light that spark into what they already have and, and kind of I'm, I'm looking for two questions, two answers, because one of them would be from a marketing standpoint, because you do a fantastic job. Dude, of that. man. The other would I'm be jealous. just anything <laughs> non-marketing. So one piece from each. Marketing, I think that, you know, there's a lot of talk about Facebook and stuff and Facebook's changing and this and that. Facebook, Facebook's like a, a megaphone that can help you get your word out, but... If, if your megaphone's putting out a bad message, then it doesn't matter, right? Right. So I think really you just have to really have a passion and love for what you do. I think that... And be if, authentic, right? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think, yeah, you, you know, if you love what you do and, and you're doing it the way you want to do it, people are going to see that, and I think that I think that people are, are drawn to that. Um, from, a, from a boss perspective or a business owner perspective, I... You know, and sometimes when I do these talks, people come up to me after and they're like, like, Dr. Feldman, oh, um, it, we, it's so amazing how, how you just, you love your team and appreciate them so much. And and I'm like, no, no, I don't think I love my team or, or I say my, it's not my team, it's our team. I don't think I love our team um, any more than anybody else loves the teams they're on. I think that we have to be very intentional about showing it. And make sure it's important to us that the people that work with us know exactly how much we care and that we will go to bat for them. And and if if we do that, they'll go to bat for us. So so yes, you have to market well, but but I'm big on internal marketing. I think that when you when you when you got a great group of people that you work with and, and you, you love what you do and you, you um there's just an energy there that people feed off of and that people are drawn to. So culture. Culture. Sum it up. I yeah. say, I say. But I'll be, I'll be honest with you. You know, I've known you since middle school, right? And everything you've just said has been you since we were freaking 13 years old. You know, so what about someone who's, you know, has a different personality? Because we both have somewhat large personalities. We don't mind getting out there and, and, you know, just getting in front of a crowd and being people, you know, and being genuine. But, you know, for example, my wife, polar opposite, right? But also still needs to have a good work culture, needs to run a good practice, and, and things like that. What do you say to someone like her? Well, I think you still have you have to be yourself. I mean, you have to let people know that you care in the in in your own personal way. Like, I don't think that every business owner needs to do a Facebook video dancing. Or anything like that. It might not work. It might creep some people out. Right, right. And you it, know, I'm, it, I'm getting to the age where I might creep some people out. But I don't know. It's to find people in hire too that go well with your personality. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So if you come in, if you come in my office, you will see that. The whole team, they're not like, like, if there's one person in my office who talks too much, it's me. You know, <laughs> like the, the clinical team, especially who I'm, I'm in the, the back of the office with the clinical team most of the day. And uh, most of them are very, very calm, quiet, 
and just very methodical with, with their work. And, you know, they very good communication skills, but they're not going to be the ones joking around and jumping around. And, you know, and that's because that wouldn't work. In our, if, that wouldn't work if there was 10 people that were as loud as me that we, we would hate each other. Right. So I would say if you're a business owner who's very quiet and, you know, kind of reserved, we'll hire more people that are a little bit more outgoing. Right. Right. Um, but, but, but then like, so for example, I'm currently in my business, uh, you know, I have like 17 or 18 travel agents all throughout the country, work remotely, work from home. I recently just had them all go through and take personality tests, like super in-depth personality tests, just so I can better understand them and better communicate with them because we are not the same any way, shape or form, you know? And, and, and I think understanding who your team is and how to approach right. them really freaking helps. It's like the DISC method, right? The DISC well, oh, even So DISC gives you the four columns, but what, what, he, what we did was it takes those four columns and breaks them down into 32 individual personality traits. See, and, and like... I get everyone's top five. See, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm, I'm off the cuff. Like, I don't... Sure. Well, I I'm mean, not that organized. Yeah, oh, but but it is very... Me. But what you said is important. Like, you have to get to know the people you're around. And it's hard for me because they live across the country, you know, and I, you know, you know, what's another thing I would say to, to any business owner is that I think that we as a whole are very bad about, um, getting mad when patient, when patients, when people don't show up for work, you know, mm -hmm. um, now I'm not talking about somebody who just doesn't show up and doesn't call you. I'm talking about somebody who like their kid's sick or, God forbid they want to go on a vacation or, um, you know, they have their, their kid has swimming lessons. Um, I think that we get so caught up in, oh, they're missing work. Like, yeah, they have lives too. Like I'll be damn, I would be really upset if I knew that somebody had to miss their kid's first swimming lesson because they were at work. So having a team that has each other's back helps with that because when somebody's out, we just, we, we don't stress. We, Next, next man or next woman, you know, we don't, there's only female employees in my office, but, uh, you know, so next woman up. Right. Right. Um, so we just, we just handle business and, and don't stress over that. You know, obviously you have to make sure there's guidelines and make sure you get people who have a team mindset to where no one takes advantage. Right. But when you get that, like. You know, that's, but it sounds it's, it's, okay. it's trust, right? Like you, you, trust you, you trust your employees that they're going to do the right thing for you and for themselves. I, I don't, they, yeah. they don't even report to me when somebody's missing work anymore. I don't I don't care. I, I know I don't care if we have 13 people or seven people, which we're, is we're like gonna get the job done and we're going to get it done right. One of those benefits you were talking earlier where it's pay people fairly, but there are some other things that go along with it. And that's a huge one. You know, to have a, a, a manager that just kind of says, I understand what you're going through. And right. we'll make an accommodation. Right. And makes, look, a, makes a valuable person look, to, to have around you. Look, you and your boyfriend just broke up. Take a couple of days off. You know, we got it. It's okay. Like, go take a nap. Go watch some Netflix. <laughs> you know. Here's some cookie two-step blue we belly. All been, <laughs> we all been there. You know, so like just, you know, just understanding Anything that we want, they should have a right to want as well, right? Right. So anyone who knows anything about you knows you like to stay in shape as best as possible, right? Reasonably <laughs> possible. So how does someone who, you know, doesn't stop still manage to find time to take care of themselves as, you know, the dad bods right here? <laughs> Was it pro protein and ice cream you were eating when we got here? 
No, it was it was uh, fat free yogurt, <laughs> but uh, you gotta you gotta make time. And honestly, that's to me that's a huge part of culture. I think that it's. I mean, there's extensive studies that show that if you 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 stay in good shape, you got more endorphins flowing, you're more likely to be happier. Um, so that's just a commitment that I made. I, I feel uh, like. Working out used to be a hassle to me, but now it's just, it's a hassle if I don't work out. So uh, you got to make time. 5 a.m. is my time. I, if I miss 5 a.m., I, I can't work out that day. So I go to CrossFit at 5 a.m. Mo- most mornings. Yeah. And I have some weights at my house, so if I miss that, I can do stuff here. But, I, you know, I, like people talk about CrossFit like it's some kind of cult, at which, okay. I mean, I, I love it. I love CrossFit. Um, you know, they, they say it. How do you, can you tell if somebody's doing CrossFit? Because they'll tell you. Tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't care if it's CrossFit, running, biking, ballet, yoga, whatever. I, I do think it's very important to get your heart rate up for 20 minutes a day. I, I think that if you if you are somebody that's listening and you don't do that right now, like, stop. Like, do figure out a way to make it happen. I don't care what else, what's going on. Figure out a way to make it happen, and I would be willing to bet that you'll see things in your life begin to improve. Most of it, most importantly, will be your energy, and um, you know, your I, mood, your mood for sure. And I, you know, I just think it's a we can't control everything that happens in life, but we can try to put the odds in our favor. And I just want to do the, I just want to play my part the best I can, so that I can be. I want to live to be as old as I can. You know. Yeah, my my wife, you know, is is the early morning workout person like you. She used to go to CrossFit with you at, in the mornings, yeah. you know, uh, until we had our second. But um, yeah, well, she she's a she's a four thirty in the morning Peloton rider, man. Well, that's like, I can't. It's it's one of my little pet peeves, and so I was like, I'm not a morning person, and I get it because I used to say the same thing. Uh, we're not made to be morning people, but you have to you have to like you have to get a routine going. Yeah. The only reason I did it, there's an orthodontist named Dr. Anil. Um, in Colorado, who I look up to a lot, and I went to visit his office, and he was at that point I was crossfitting in the afternoons, and I was kind of just I'd go there and do the part and things like that. But uh, he was like, "Dude, Chris, he was like, just make me a promise. Promise me you'll you'll work out for three weeks at five a.m. and tell me what you think. After that, you could quit if you if you want." And that was six years ago. So. Uh, you know, the first couple of weeks sucks, but once you get in a routine, I mean, four fifteen, I'm I'm up and at him. And some days, some days I'm not. Some days I'm tired and I sleep in, and you know that's okay to take rest days. You should take rest days, but uh, I just for me that gets me going. And I come by, the, you know, by the time I get to the office at seven thirty, seven forty five, like I've already been up for three hours. I've worked out. I've eaten breakfast. I've hung out with my kids, and I'm pumped up and ready to roll. Nice. So. How do you keep driving yourself professionally? Like, how do you, like who motivates you now? Like, are, are you still like pretty much self motivated? Um, I mean, I have. I mean, there's there's motivation is everywhere. You know, first and foremost, my family. Um, I want to be my best self for them. I mean, more importantly than 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 giving them a, a good life, like I was able to have. Um, I want to give them an example worth following. So. Uh, you know, that's, that's my number one is my, my kids and, and my wife. Um, and then, you know, I'm also, I'm so motivated by my patients. I'm a, you know, we have a lot of adult patients too. And, and you know, whether you're a kid or you want to feel like a kid again, you know, that, that's what, that's 
the people that come to my office. So uh, kids just just really motivate me. They're they're um, energetic. They're funny. They have so much good times and bad times to look forward to in their lives. And uh, it just it just gives me energy. Like I get to be a part of these people's lives, and you know, giving them a shot to 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 be whatever they're going to be in life. And and I don't think my job's any more important than anybody else's either. I think whether you're an orthodontist or a Disney travel agent uh, or a, a banker, you know, everything you do has an effect on somebody. Everything you do when you're at work has an effect on somebody, and you have an opportunity to make somebody's life better. Uh, and you might not even realize how much better you can make somebody's life or how much lower you can make their stress. So you should never assume, you know, you don't know what people are going through. So just, I, I mean, I just want to be the best part of my, every one of my patients day. So. I, I get it, man. I think it was like three years ago, whenever I took over the company, I was like, dude, we need to do a cross promotion. Cause we both put smiles on kids' faces. There you go. <laughs> now <laughs> their you parents know. might not be happy no. when they're waiting in them well, long the, ass the, lines the, over well, there. But, but the bills, both of us give <laughs> no, them. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Talking I mean, about how old your patients are, didn't you tell me you had one that was in their 90s? I had a 94-year-old patient. I thought he was in the office to get dentures. I thought he was in the wrong office, but he was like, oh, I want to get my teeth straight. And we it checked out. He had healthy teeth and healthy jaw bones and do would go bowling every uh, week. And um, I, I found out that he passed away uh, oh, uh, a little over a year ago. He was bringing us pizza every few months up until that point. But I think COVID, I think that was around the time. But uh, he's an awesome dude. How about but, the youngest? Is there a cutoff for that? Um, I mean, you know, you, you typically aren't doing any treatment on anybody under seven mostly. Uh, and, and I don't, I'm not one of those that want to do early treatment. Sometimes you have to. Uh, if, you know, if there's a jaw growth problem or a severe crowding where teeth are stuck in the bone or things like that. But a lot of times you don't have to, you just, um, you just wait and watch and maybe get the dentist to pull a few baby teeth to, to help the permanent teeth come in correctly. Um, and this, so. I don't know if this is a, a dumb question or a good one, but is there anything parents can do to, uh, affect a kid's bite or teeth structure or is it really just all up to chance if if the kids suck in their thumb i would certainly encourage them not to other than that I, I, there's nothing major um i would i you know i would recommend bringing your child to an orthodontist at the age of seven or eight and i'm not saying that to get myself more business i like my team they'll tell you I, we don't like to treat young children, but you can avoid so many problems, future dental surgeries, by just knowing what's going on, making sure they have all their teeth. Like I said, making sure there's no teeth that are that are stuck in the. But a lot of times, like you hear about these people with impacted canines, where they have to get the chain hooked up to them and stuff. Ninety-five percent of the time, that's completely avoidable if they would have just had two baby teeth pulled when they were a few years younger. So. You know, I want to make it as easy as possible on people. And I do not want to treat seven-year-olds if I don't have to. Is that something that dentists just typically don't look for? Well, dentists, some are better than others at it. And, they, you know, I think they try their best, but they they just don't have the same orthodontic training that we do. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily rely on that 100%, although a lot of dentists are very knowledgeable about it and do a very good job picking that up. Um but, you know, the dentist is also looking for a lot of other things, so mm. it's easy to get easy to get sidetracked. So it's definitely good to have another another pair of eyes out there. And like I say, we have we really do have some incredible dentists and orthodontists in this area. Um, so 
people are, I think we're very fortunate for that. Most of them keep a good eye on it, but you know, orthodontists, all of us around here give free consultations. So if you have any questions, if you see something or if the dentist sees something they're not sure of, send them to the orthodontist just to take a look. Most of the times we're going to say, there's nothing that needs to happen right now. We'll give you a T-shirt and see you every nine months. And give you some high fives. And there's some great you know? dentists a hundred yards away from you, probably. Oh, I mean, there. Yeah, I don't know any bad dentists in Youngsville, or Broussard, or New Iberia. Really. Yeah. There's a, there's just some some really good ones. Nice. So, what made you decide to come to Youngsville? Well, I so I I knew that you know I have two offices right, New Iberia and Youngsville. New Iberia's been open for eight and a half years. Youngsville, six and a half. Um, down here in, in the rural areas, if you really want to be a busy and have four days of business per week for an orthodontist, you pretty much have to be, like, well-established in Lafayette or have more than one office. So I kind of knew it all along that I would have two offices, and uh, New Iberia was my starting point, and I live in Youngsville, uh, so, I mean, what a better, what better of a place to, to open a second location and Youngsville's growing like a weed. Um, I think that, you know, our, both of our offices have been fortunate to be busy. I do think Youngsville office is probably going to get even more busy in the next few years because that we have such a young population in Youngsville. There's a lot yeah. of, a lot of families with very young children. Well, I mean, you were talking about, you know, checking kids out at around eight and I'm like, my daughter's eight. But I'm, I'm telling you now, I'll bring her to you, but you have to help me curb her expectations because she's going to get excited. I will do that. I will do that. You might leave with braces, though, Logan. So you, Don't tell my wife that. No. I'm, just I'm just messing. I'm just messing. But I've seen you do that before. You're like me, man. We'll do that. So let me ask you, because I know in New Iberia, you know, shortly after you, you established your business, stuff, you acquired another business. What was that like? So that Dr. Buddy Donaldson, right. I, uh, my wife's orthodontist, I, by the right, way, right, right. He and I, you know, even though we worked almost across the street from each other, we we maintained a friendship and respect. And uh, he always told me that when he was ready to sell his office, he would I would be the first one he called. And one day out of the blue, I was actually about to add on to the rented office that I had, uh, which I didn't want to do, but we were kind of running out of space. He called me and he was like, "Chris, I'm ready to sell," you know, so. That was, uh, you know, I, I was very grateful for that because his building was perfect for us. And uh, so we, we bought his building and, his, and the practice and got to finish, you know, I, I got to finish treatment on the patients that he had started. So it was a pretty smooth process, though. It was, um, we did a few renovations on the building and, and it, was, it was pretty smooth. And I see Dr. Buddy at the conferences and he's doing really well. So Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, to get back on... Youngsville centric stuff a little bit. Uh, is there anything coming up in Youngsville, be it you know new developments or new new you know things that Ken's talked about in the past that you're excited about? And to kind of piggyback on that too, uh, things that you'd like to see come to Youngsville. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm very good friends with Ken. I think he's an excellent mayor and just an excellent. You should hear what person. he says about you. Person. Person. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, too bad we um, weren't recording those. Right? I just think he's, he's an awesome dude and really has done a great job for, um, for our city. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I think Youngsville is growing like a weed. I mean, I'm just an orthodontist. I don't know what else they need to do, but I love, I, I definitely love living here. And I think they're, they're making for as much as, as fast as we're growing. I think they're doing a great job with the roads and everything. You know, I don't know. 
People who know me know I'm a big triangle sandwich connoisseur. I was just thinking. So I don't oh know if gosh. we have to reach out to the, the Chamber of Commerce or maybe maybe be a joint Feldman Ortho Chamber thing and we have a, a triangle sandwich festival. Um, you heard that, it here. I would, I would love to see that. We can make that happen. I think it could happen. I, I like mean, it. I, I'm thinking there's so many delicious I, possibilities I, I, there. Can we? Can it be like the roundabout now triangle sandwich yeah, festival? Yeah. We're so about judges. Can, like we we'll just sit there and eat Live the, broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, about man. The, about the different triangle sandwiches. I mean, I think it could raise some money, too, for whatever cause we choose. Well, I mean, I am a Rotarian, and I actually was going to talk about Rotary before we closed a little bit because they have an See, event If anybody like wants look, to help coordinate things. Yeah. But honestly, they're, they're, they, every now and again, there's a gumbo cook-off that um, I wish they could get the word out a little bit better. I went to one. I think it was the Gary Williams one. Uh, that was yeah, the red beans and rice. Oh no, that no, was the pasta jump, lie and jambalaya. Jump. But that was the that was a, like a spur of the moment thing. Man. Yeah, it was and cool. It, I mean, oh, I it saw was, you there. It was awesome. Repping a destination mouse shirt. Yeah, I went. Uh, <laughs> me and my son Ollie went, and I mean, I, I ate a ton. It was it was awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if they they had a plate lunch festival a few years ago. That was a, a couple years in a row. I, so I you just want to eat? I love food. Well, mostly triangle sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I, I love food, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's. I mean, but you no, know, selfishly, it, like, like, what does what does Chris want in Youngsville that we don't have? I mean, we're they're they're already adding to the sports complex. They're adding the amphitheater. Yep. Uh, Lucas any, is any excited about food? that. Yeah. I just, I really, you know, I'm, I'm easy. I'm easy. I'm okay. loving it. All right, good. So my last question for you it is: what What is the most memorable leadership or management advice you've ever received? Well. I kind of I think I touched on it already, but early on in in, in my career, uh, one of my colleagues, his name's Ben Fishbein, um, he's an orthodontist down in in Florida in Pensacola. He and I went to residency together. He was a year ahead of me, and so we both kind of started around the same time. And now he has eight offices, five other orthos, and a hundred team members working for him. He's like probably one of the biggest single doctor owned practices in the country and uh the joel olstein of orthodontics <laughs> maybe i don't know but he's a heck of a guy for but, now, uh, for he, now. Uh, until Feldman comes this was before he had grown into that yeah you know before we were both just starting out and i went to a conference with him in miami and he, he had just told me um he just said like you know we're growing pretty fast and i think it's gonna be a great thing he said just Make sure you get the right people with you, and and when you do, you you have to empower them and trust yeah. them. Yeah, and I think that any true leader needs to know needs to know their limits and needs needs to know that they can't do everything, and they have to have you can't do it alone. You have to have the right people with you. You have to trust those people and uh, trust. Well, I'm learning that like I have people who do it better than me anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> like, have, why do I want to do all a- this? Absolutely, if they do it better. I can tell you right now, with no shame, I don't know how to turn on the X-ray machine in my office. <laughs> there are. Many, are they just finding that out now? I, like you're listening. You, news break. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> or do they know? I can tell you all about the the uh, radiation measurements and the panorexes and all that. I can tell you everything you need don't to know, know about where the that. on switch. But. <laughs> But there are so many things that most of my most of our team members can do way better than me, and it's because that's what they do all day, every day. Yeah, what's that saying? Hire your boss, so, and you'll be okay. So, uh, a lot of a leader has to know when when to shut up and listen. Yeah. So uh, you know, and I, I do a lot of that these days. So my last question is maybe might be kind of goofy, but uh, let's say you win the Powerball tonight. 
for the rest of he your life. He doesn't need it. Well, for the rest of your life, money's not an option. Your grandkids' grandkids are taken care of. How are you spending your days? What are you, what are you doing? I mean, I know everybody says, oh, I travel and do this. But when all that wears off, how would you spend the rest of your life? VIP tour well, guides at Disney World. Right? <laughs> As of right now? Sure. I, I would... I wouldn't change a thing. I would do everything. Yeah. Still go to work? I would do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My wife says the same uh, thing. Dude. I'm never going to stop working. I yeah. don't care. That, that The day I stop working is the day you got to worry about me. And I, I'm a, my mom, I won't, I won't mention her age, but um, she looks about 20 to 30 years younger than she is. Um, I think she has the same mentality. She can't. She does not stop. Um, now that said, if I won the Powerball, I would I would obviously get a private jet so that sure. I wouldn't fly commercial anymore, and I'd get to go more places on my short weekends and things. And like our that. fantasy football drafts are going to get yeah, really the fantasy good. football drafts, yeah, the destination drafts is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to fly to some remote location to draft. But I don't I don't think that I really I don't think that money can make an unhappy person happy. Oh, absolutely! I think not. that money can help a happy person be happier for sure. But you have to find happiness within b- before anything. No, and, money uh, simply just it, it magnifies whatever was already there. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I wouldn't. I'd I'd still be, I'd still be at work. Maybe you know, I, I mean, if I wanted to extend the trip instead of going three or four days, maybe five or six or seven. You know, we'd maybe hire an associate or something. But okay, you know, yeah, okay. probably that's not anywhere in my future. Though. And I don't play Powerball, so <laughs> what is in the future? More growth. Um, are you I hope comfortable? <laughs> I hope I hope not. I hope not a lot more growth to where I'd have to change the way we do things. I think that gotcha. right now, um, my myself, my family, our team, I think we have a pretty pretty strong work life balance, and I and I want to. I don't want to be on that hamster wheel trying to chase a dime. Yeah. Um. I think I don't think. I mean, I'm blessed to be in a position where if if we stay as busy as we are, then. I don't. I won't have to worry about money as much, right? Like I used to have to. So, um, yeah. So I just want to keep it in balance. Awesome, man. Very well, look, cool. we're we're so thankful to have you. But before we go, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug something here. I mean, look, uh, I'm honored. I'm I'm honored. Uh, you know that y'all chose me to be on this podcast, and I wish y'all. Oh, dude, you were on the you were on the you were on the short list from day one. Well, like I, we knew. I appreciate that. I don't know how many people can listen to me talk for an hour, but uh, I'm just surprised I, you haven't yelled you, at you the know, screen it's, yet. It's I know, dude. Like we, my literally fantasy have a, teams are doing very poorly by the minute. But uh, <laughs> like we're live watching a game, like and he that, has not commented. I'm playing against Amari Cooper, so uh, that was <laughs> Amari Cooper just got what 10, 15 yards, something like that. But uh, but yeah, well, I really appreciate you guys and. Thanks for trying to bring awareness to businesses and Youngsville in general. I think yeah. it's a great thing y'all are doing, and I hope we can continue to get more and more listeners. Absolutely. So uh, before we go, I want to uh, make a little announcement. So I am a member of the Rotary Club of Youngsville, and we do have a major event for us coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. On Sunday, October 9th at Sugar Mill Pond, we are hosting Patch at the Pond for the second consecutive year. Um, there Currently, we have 48 vendors, food trucks. We have pumpkins train rides remo- like we got a uh, big boy toys to come out with an inflatable rc car track and like nice. stuff yeah it's all i want to play all tons of fun sunday october 9th 10 a.m to 4 p.m at sugar mill pond uh cost is ten dollars per child adults get in free 
Um, all the proceeds are going to come to Rotary Club of Youngsville, our scholarship fund, and, and other projects we keep, you know, the city up around here and stuff like that. That, that sounds awesome. I, Night out against uh, crime. Man, I'm going to be out of town. I'm actually going to a conference, but I wish I could. No, nah, it's it's cool, I'll man. Be back so, Sunday, yeah, so. uh, the National Night Out is also coming up. I think that's on the fourth. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in working with some some buddies of mine. They're going to be having a little booth out there too. So, but yeah, uh, if y'all see me, say hi, man. I love yeah. it. Dude, we'll it's get always, some shirts soon. <laughs> We, don't do we want to be this, we want to be identified i don't know well i mean i'm, I'm hard to miss yeah. right I'm, <laughs> like and it, look i will say it's ever since you know our last episode we, you know the katie and advocate reached out to us and stuff like that it's been so humbling you know just yeah. being recognized we literally do this just for you know fun we literally do this to shoot the shit like yeah. this is why we decided to do this you know, uh, and but we also have a passion for, and we believe in you know the direction the city's going, and we want we want other people to believe it too. You know, absolutely, Chris. Anything you want to plug? Not really. Uh, Feldman Orthodontics. Uh, wait. Okay. Oh, and and the twenty twenty three Triangle Sandwich Festival. Twenty twenty three Triangle yes. Sandwich. Yeah. I mean, I think stay I tuned. Think we need it, man. Springtime. It's. It's not the festival people want. It's the festival. It's the festival. The people <laughs> people <laughs> <need>. That's right. <laughs> well, look, before we go, one last thought from you, Chris. How are your Saints doing this year? What do you feel? Oof. You know. All right. We don't only, have that much it's time. Only, it's only week two. It's only week three. We, you know, we had a really cool comeback and then a really cool shit the bed. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're going to be feisty. I don't think we're a sure shot playoff team, but I do think we'll be feisty. Awesome. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Roundabout Now. <laughs>